and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? Great to have you on the last time of this pod, last day of this podcast week, and I hope that it's been a good week for you, and you've been able to serve the Lord faithfully and been counted for Him. Uh, every day is a brand new opportunity for us to be able to say, "Lord, here am I. Send me." And I hope that you've had the opportunity to do that and to represent him well this week and to be a sweet savor of the gospel to people you come across. It's been a good week for me, and God's enabled me to be able to witness to a number of people and to see some folks come to Christ. And I'm just thanking the Lord for that. Every soul counts to the Lord, and we want to be about the business of doing what lies closest to his heart. So I encourage you, keep handing those tracks out, keep praying. Uh, Keep witnessing, keep being a testimony uh, yourself before an unbelieving world, and God, I promise you, will use you and put you where you need to be. Well, it's Hymn History Friday. Uh, You may not be listening to this on Friday, but that's what I'm doing uh, today, uh, releasing uh, the the Hymn History of a hymn that's a very special hymn that many of us have probably sung. If you haven't, you need to get to know it. Uh, It's probably, not probably, it is the most popular gospel song of the 20th century. What do you think that is? Uh, It's actually not an old favorite at all, but it was a new favorite. It was written and composed in 1913 by a man named George Bernard. He's originally from Youngstown, Ohio, but his parents moved to Iowa where he was reared for most of his life. Uh, until he became of age, and actually he was planning on going into getting his education. But in Lucas, Iowa, he was there, and he was converted as a young man uh, in his when he was 16 years old. Uh, he was at a Salvation Army meeting and actually evangelistic meeting and came to Christ uh, and was greatly used of the Lord as we turned out. But it was not without heartache. Uh, if you read about his life, uh, ever have that opportunity, although I've found uh, facts about it very sparse. Uh, but nonetheless, I was able to discover some things about George. Uh, George's father died when he was just 16, when, when uh, uh, George was just 16 years old. And he ended up, as it often happens, uh, as particularly during that time, that he was the sole supporter of his mother and his four sisters. So he wasn't really able to go after the education that he really wanted to uh, in preparation for the Christian ministry. It took some time because he had to labor. Well, later on in life, uh, I think the things that he was able to accomplish, his successes, were largely a result of the struggles that he had when he was a young man that way. His family moved to Illinois some years later. He labored with the Salvation Army denomination for a bit, but then he left them and he went into what would have been at that time a good Bible-believing group of people in the Methodist Church. He had a musical talent. A lot of friends encouraged him to develop that and cultivate it. And, uh, and he did so as, as best that he possibly could without formal training. Well, he became a Methodist evangelist, and Bernard wrote the very first verse of our hymn for today, uh, which is the old rugged cross. Have you heard of it? Have you ever sung it? I know I have. Uh, those of you that have, probably right now, since I even mentioned the title, are beginning to rehearse the words in your mind. You remember that? On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, 
the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Second stanza goes, Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. Uh, in the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see, for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. And finally, the last stanza says, To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me some day to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. What a wonderful words. Of course, as most hymns are, they have a background behind them and a history. When George Bernard became a Methodist evangelist and traveled around and preached, it was not always a bed of roses for him. Uh, quite frankly, there were there's especially one time where he had experienced a great deal of ridicule. Uh, about this message and about his preaching. He was in a revival meeting, and we don't know the exact nature of what it was, but he really suffered some struggles and setbacks in terms of his ministry as an evangelist. Well, he traveled in the course of his ministry from Chicago, where he was preaching in evangelistic meetings, to Wisconsin, where he held some more evangelistic meetings in 1912 and 1913. And during those meetings, all this time, uh, George Bernard had kind of set his heart to really giving a lot of thought and meditation for a, on a full understanding of the cross of Christ and its plan in Christianity. He never wanted to see it as some a gold-covered attractive piece of jewelry or something, but see it in all of its ruggedness and all of its gore-stained uh, nature and everything about it. He really wanted to have a deeper understanding of it. Uh, and so he spent hours in study and prayer and meditation until he could literally say, I saw the Christ of the cross as if I were seeing John 3.16, leave the printed page take form and act out the meaning of the redemption. He saw in that the greatest story of the gospel. So he wanted to do something with it. And so he heeded the moving of the Holy Spirit and in the revival campaigns that he was involved all through Michigan and in New York. Um, oftentimes it kept him so busy it was difficult for him to work on the song that he wanted to write that he knew was in his heart. But on his return to Michigan, in a little town of Albion, Michigan, he went through a trying experience where he felt he knew the meaning of the fellowship of his sufferings when the Apostle Paul wrote that. And so, with revival successes that the Lord had given to him, it made him possible to just concentrate as never before. And the song seemed to really flow and to come to him without too too much effort on his part. Of course, you preach to people about the gospel so much, you're going to be impact, impacted in that way. And he was staying in a Methodist parsonage at Pocagon, Michigan. 
and he was in some services there, and he got his favorite guitar down, and he asked his host and his hostess, uh, Reverend O. Bostwick, and his wife to listen to the stanzas as he played and sang them, and he really worked at it. It kind of came difficult for him to put the, the melody to the words itself, and they made some suggestions, and he kind of put it together on his guitar, and finally uh, they got the tune and the words just right, and the minister said to George Bernard, whom he was staying with, he said, my friend, God has given you a song that will never die. It has moved us as no other song ever has. Well, immediately that pastor asked him for the privilege of having some plates cut for printing them, copies made, and on the night of June the 7th, 1913, uh, George Bernard introduced the song in a nearby church and they had a gigantic choir of five people and five voice choir sang it from his penciled notes that he'd written out on the paper. Old Rugged Cross Day is actually observed annually at that church there in Michigan. And there's a large stone nearby it's, and in it is carved the names of the original singers and the significance of the event. So the song became immediately popular, introduced before a large convention in Chicago. As a matter of fact, one of its biggest promoters was a man named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday, his evangelistic campaign, uh, and the one who was his campaign staff leader and song leader, whose name was Homer Rodehaver. Homer Rodehaver, they actually purchased the rights to the song from George Bernard, uh, and they recorded it in 1921. What a popular song it came to be. The writer is meditating on his adoration of Jesus Christ and of his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. He retired, George Bernard retired to Reed City, Michigan. There's a museum there to this day that you can go and visit and a plaque that you can, you can see it uh, uh, you can read a little bit about the story. Well, it's been a favorite for many of God's people for a very long time. Uh, I'll never forget even uh, my own grandfather listening to this song. Uh, it was recorded by a man named Ernest Tubb in 1952 on a gospel album. It's been performed by some of the 20th century's most important recording people like Andy Griffith and uh, a lot of country singers have done it. I'm not sure that all of them really understood the nature and the depth and the, the sacredness of what was being sung. But the Lord has used it so often to minister to people's souls. You know, the songs that the Apostle Paul and Silas sang at midnight in jail caused an earthquake in that Philippian jail. Well, the song that George Bernard sang out of the midnight of his own struggles and his difficulty out of his own soul has caused a spiritual earthquake in a lot of hearts and brought countless thousands to meditate on the cross of which he so eloquently sung. Well, God's blessed it and used it. Maybe you know it. Why don't you hum it today? Why don't you look up the words and sing it? Uh, as you think on that hill far away where stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. 
God bless you today. Think on these things. Meditate on their truth. Be in God's house on this coming Lord's Day. Serve Him and lift up your voice. Join in with God's people and raise His praises to the rafters. God bless you. 